SEC Media Days continues on, and we're going to break down some more comments made by some of the Razorback players, as well as Sam Pittman, coming up here on the Locked On Razorbacks podcast. You are Locked On Razorbacks, your daily podcast on the Arkansas Razorbacks, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. And welcome into the Locked On Razorbacks podcast. I am your host, John Neighbors. I am also the host of Out of Bounds. You can catch every weekday afternoon from 1 to 4 on 103.7 The Buzz and 1037thebuzz.com. Hope everybody's having a wonderful Thursday as uh, SEC Media Days will come to its conclusion at the end of today, which I uh, have a few teams that are going today. And you know, so we'll see if anything comes out from them as far as any comments made about Arkansas or anything like that. But uh, as, as was mentioned, there were still a few more things that we wanted to get into when it came to some of the comments made at SEC Media Days from Razorback football players as well as Sam Pittman. And uh, I thought that this was a, a really interesting uh, compilation of clips uh, that we can kind of go through here uh, when it talks about Sam Pittman, KJ Jefferson, Bumper Pool, and Jalen Catalan all the same. And then we'll have some other clips to play for you as well. But a few things I want to take away from this and uh, Here's just a few of the things that Coach Sam Pittman and the players had to say. Hard to go from six wins to nine. It's certainly harder to go from nine. Each win you go up is is harder and it's harder to maintain. And uh, especially in the SEC and, and no disrespect to the East, especially in the SEC West. And then they had the college football playoff team and a BYU who's 21 and four over the last two years and been waiting to the top 20, you got yourself a schedule. <laughs> so listen, I love it at Arkansas. I'm not complaining one bit about it. We're you versus Arkansas, we'll go compete. I feel like I improved on just decision-making and being disciplined with the ball, or just taking care of the ball and try to get my, uh, put my teammates in the best position to win. And I feel like just leading forward and moving forward, I just want to be more consistent and just keep being more vocal on, on a leadership role. There was a, a lot of older guys leaving, and I just felt that you know I wanted to come back to be able to set a standard um, of how you work, uh, what you do to end a season. Because we had that success last year, I didn't want it to be one of those things where it just happened and then it's gone. Last year was a great year, but I always say to the team, last year was last year. You know, it's 2022 now, so it's a new year. Everybody's looking to you know, start off right and, you know, try to make it to the top, you know, just like how we are. So I say we got to attack every single day and just get 1% better. And then we do that. I mean, we can progress off last year. That was head coach Sam Pittman, KJ Jefferson, Bumper Pool, and then Jalen Catalan, respectively. And I think that that was kind of the theme that they were asked about a lot and something that rightfully should be asked. How do you build upon what you had this past year? How do you become a better football team after having such a great year last year, especially with the amount of wins that you have, and you only get so many chances at wins. I mean, if you think about it, Arkansas won or played 13 games last year, and they won nine of them. So each time that you can win one game, especially in the SEC, it goes a long way. Like, it really puts things into perspective and puts it forth and matching the difficulty of it all. And so to hear, like, Bumper Pool and Jalen Catalan especially – talk about you know reasons that they came back and also how they look towards the next year. We'll start with Bumper. I think he, you know, he understands it, that like being a Razorback is awesome. Like, he loves being a Razorback. He always wanted to be a Razorback group, a Razorback fan. And I think that the element of him wanting to make sure that this continues on and 
you know, wanting to make sure that he can continue to be that linebacker for Arkansas and that leader for Arkansas to help out this defense. Because if you think about it, if I could say a bumper pulling Jalen Cattle on both left after last year, like just imagine that, which they both could have easily done. Like we'd be talking about like major problems here, <laughs> especially a bumper had left because you'd be replacing the entire linebacker core and you'd have Drew Sanders, but who else would you have? Maybe not anybody worth of note. And then if Catalan left, the experience would pretty much be gone from last year or even previous years and talent-wise in the secondary. So you're talking about some pretty significant changes if these guys did not return to Arkansas this upcoming season. And the fact that they were not only willing to play another year in college football, but were willing to come back and play at Arkansas really continues to showcase the the culture and that Sam Pittman is somebody that people like to play for and the whole uh, coaching staff that he has and put in place, which we'll talk about that here in just a little bit. These are people that these players want to play for as well with their assistant coaches and everything. So like all of those elements are really showing and they're, and they're really telling, especially in this current state of college football where the transfer portal is running rampant uh nil's going crazy people don't know whether or not you know to go to a school because of this or you know if they're going to this school because of that are there is there tampering is there deals getting made is there problems with people not getting paid whatever it may be there's a lot of reasons for people to stay or for people to go and not necessarily for people to stay in fact there's even more reasons and incentives in a lot of cases for people to leave their current spot than to stay at their current spot and the fact that Sam Pittman has been able to establish this where, yeah, he's there's been players that have left. I'm not saying that it is pretty much nil when it comes to that. I think Joe Fouché and Greg Brooks leaving was um, was hurtful. I, I think it was, especially when Fouché, he, I think people forget he was voted captain by his team last year. He was a team captain. And then he left. Still rubs me the wrong way. But transfers are going to happen. That's what it is. It's about the mass exodus though for teams where not only are players transferring but coaches are leaving and people are going to start wonder what's the issue is it the nil is it some sort of problem inside the locker room do they not like the coach whatever it may be and and sometimes it's none of those things sometimes it's just the player getting the wrong pe uh, person in their ear telling them to go somewhere else and that's what they end up doing so all those things coming into place and like is another reason why it, it's incredible to see what Sam Pittman is able to do. Because again, this is not something that's just willy-nilly easy to win in college football and easy to win in the SEC, and it's particularly not easy to win in the SEC West. What this is, is that this is a coach who understands culture and understands what players want and how to get the most out of those players. Players want to be coached at the end of the day. Like They don't want to be your best friend. They do want to be coached. <clears throat> but a lot of times these players also want what's theirs. They may want money. They want, want, may want playing time, whatever it is. Like, that's okay because that's what's available to them. Playing time was available to them. Money is now available to them. If it's available to you, I don't care what anybody says who's listening to this podcast. If you were a 19, 20, 21-year-old kid and you saw that you had both of those things, <clears throat> not only being incentivized at the place you were at, but also being incentivized at other places you could go, you would take the bait on that. You would leave for that. <clears throat> I have a hard time believing that anybody would stay at their favorite school for $50,000 when there's a cross-division rival or whatnot offering you $300,000 that you would say no. I doubt it. 
And so now that these things have been readily made available to them, it's about you as a coach being able to establish that culture at your school that will say, hey, we're going to play the best players. And we're going to try and it's going to be open competition and it's going we're not making any promises to you that we can't keep. We're not going to tell you saying, hey, you're going to be a starter when we're recruiting you and then you not be a starter. We're going to be honest with you. And I think that's what players and families of players really respect. And also they have an opening for the NIL, which I say this, I've said this before and I will say it again. Arkansas has one of the best NIL programs in the country. I'm, I'm just telling you, it's 100 percent true. Um, it's not something that they're lacking in at all. Just I've seen it. And so you have the NIL going for you. You have the elements of, you know, the coaching staff being able to be great at what they do and recruiting as great as what they do, like those factors into it. Like all of this, all of this coming together is what's showing the exact type of team that you want to have if you're going to be successful at a place like Arkansas. And that's why I feel like even if they don't win as many games this upcoming season as they did last year, which I think they will, and we'll talk about that, but even if they don't do that, there's still going to be an element of them to where people still want to be there. People still want to play there. Coaches still want to coach there. Everybody wants to be involved in this Razorback program. And who knows, even if they were able to build upon what they did this past year, make it even better than what it was this past year, more and more people are going to open up their eyes and say, you know what? All these other places seem to have a lot of turnover, but Arkansas doesn't. There has to be a reason to why, and they'll figure it out themselves as well. We'll have some more clips from some of the players here in just a second. First, got to tell you about Built Bar. Uh, I told you about the uh, the cookie dough uh, crumble that they gave and and their Built Bar and man on their puffs, pretty electric, pretty amazing. Uh, they also have a bunch of other different flavors to choose from as well. Coconut brownie chunk puff is another one too. Because hey, listen, it's coconut, and it's brownies, and it's chunks of it so why wouldn't you love that but either way it's great because it's so convenient tastes amazing it's healthy it's nutritional like all the stuff that you need in a protein bar and because you listen to this podcast we're giving you a great deal if you go to the website built.com enter in promo code locked 15 you'll get 15 percent off your next order it's as simple as that doesn't matter how many you order doesn't matter what type of variety you go with no matter what when you're checking out just enter in that promo code locked 15 for 15 percent off of your built bars at built.com. You are locked on Razorbacks, your daily podcast on the Arkansas Razorbacks, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. All right, continuing our discussion um, of uh, some media days for the Razorbacks from yesterday, a few players that uh, we want to play specifically. And this time I'm kind of leaning towards the defensive side of the ball because I feel like the offense not to say that it's going to be perfect, but there's less concerns about the offense than there is about the defense. Because people, hey, as long as you got KJ, you got the linemen returning up front, you got great running backs. You know, the, now the wide receiver position is questionable, but the defense is the one that's had to replace the most, where the D line is going to be completely brand new. Linebackers, pretty much all of them, but one is going to be brand new. And your secondary, you have some guys returning, but you lost two guys to transfer. You lost another guy to the draft. You've added some guys in. Like, there's just a lot of mystery behind it all, too. And one of the things I think people are most excited about and feel least confident is not only the players that you had coming in from the portal, but also Barry Odom, being able to retain him as your defensive coordinator, which we know is, is always big when continuity comes into place uh, with college football. And Jalen Catalan was actually asked about Barry Odom playing for him, and here's what he had to say. Coordinator. 
I mean, um, I say it all the time, and I, I'll continue to say it to the day I die. Um, he's consistent. I mean, every single day, I mean, he comes in. What you see is what you're going to get. I mean, he comes in ready to work. I mean, it doesn't even matter what day it is. It doesn't matter if it's a walkthrough day. I mean, it's got to be your best walkthrough. It's going to be a high-tense walkthrough because that's how he's going to coach. And he's very, I mean, he's a player's coach, you know, just like Coach Pittman is. I mean, Coach Ohm's a player's coach. I mean, every single day he's making sure the guys have everything they need, um, making sure they're on time for stuff, making sure that, you know, just talking to us, not even about football, just about life. And that's something that I always respect about him, that he's not just going to talk to you about football and the X's and O's. He's going to talk to you about family and how's, you know, the outside life, you know, what do you do for your free time? You know, he always wants to engage and get to know you. And so I always respect that. And, you know, that goes down from him. You know, and I mean, his family's the same way, me and his family. I mean, they just love, you know, they love it, the players and they just want to make sure we have everything we need. So um, that's my coach. You know, like I said, I love that guy. It's Jalen Catalan on Barry Odom, the defensive coordinator. Yeah, I mean, hearing that, how does that not get you excited if you're a Razorback fan to hear that from your captain, your All-American safety, a guy who was recruited by one different coaching staff, uh, then came in with a new coaching staff and not only was able to play under this new coaching staff, be successful in it, but then also come back after injury when you could have left. Like all those things got to get you excited about the possibility of Arkansas's defense being uh, just as good, maybe even better than what they're going to be uh, from last year to this year. I honestly think that just looking at the defensive side of things, and some people will disagree, and that's fine. Like, I mean, we're this is talking season, right? I mean, this is what we do. We just talk about nonsense and throw things against the wall and see if any of them stick. The one thing that I will say that really gets me excited, though, about uh, some of the great possibilities for Arkansas in their defense is that since you have Barry Odom, uh, you're always going to be at least strategy-wise and coaching-wise and X's and O's-wise prepared, uh, ready, and not out of your element. Like you got, you got that. You got that part of it. You're going to be uh, got, uh, have a coaching staff with on defense that's going to have you each and every single day ready to go, ready to bring it every single time that's going to come with it. The question is going to be is if it's going to be enough depth and enough talent and enough talent to be able to uh, take it to that next level. And I think with Arkansas and what they've been able to add on the defensive side of the ball, transfers-wise and all of that, I think that not only can they be just as good, I think they can be better. Because the defensive line is the question. I think we all know that. And Ridgeway was the guy from last year. He's an NFL draft pick. Replacing him or trying to replace him is going to be tough. Uh, hopefully, if Torian Carter's still healthy, I've heard good things about him. Maybe there'll be some other guys that can be healthy and step up. But besides John Ridgeway, the defensive line was pretty <clears throat> average. Uh, I mean, last year they had a good start. Trey Williams had a really nice start to the season. Uh, Ut Markel Utsi was fine, but there wasn't any, really anything of note. So if you're just able to find one guy that can be a big-time defensive lineman, whether it's one of these transfers or whatnot, and it can really play it out, then I see no reason to believe that Arkansas can't be just as good on the defensive line as they were last year. They have more players. Who knows? Maybe Dorian Gerald, who had a funny comment about from Sam Pittman saying that he thought he's the only player that's been recruited by Houston Nutt that's still there. But who knows? Maybe Dorian Gerald could be a guy, if he stays healthy, to be able to, to really make some noise. So you got that part of it, too. And it's just, I don't know, I think it'd be really tough to have. But on the D linebacker spot, Bumper Pool's returning, so that's big. And I think Drew Sanders is better overall as a linebacker than Grant Morgan or Hayden Henry. Like, and that's, again, not a slight against him. That's just showing you how good Drew Sanders is. So linebacker-wise, 
I think you're going to be upgraded. And secondary-wise, yeah, you lost Buster Brown, who went to the NFL, and you lost Fouché and Brooks. But I think adding McLaughlin, adding Brainy, you still have Ladarius Bishop back, um, and then Jalen Catalan, a healthy Jalen Catalan in the safety position, uh, maybe Miles Slusher, who got a lot of playing time last year anyways. I think the secondary is going to be just fine. And again, I think it could be even better. So like all those elements, and this is all based on off of health and based on off of depth, Who's to say you're not a better defense than what you were this past year? Um, and especially because some of the teams you're going to be playing, like you're going to face some really good quarterbacks. I mean, when you're playing in the SEC, you got you're going to get Spencer Rattler week two. You're going to play him. You're going to play the Heisman Trophy, Bryce Young. You know, he's really good, at least at home. You get to both those teams at home. And, uh, <clears throat> and we'll see what uh, some of the other quarterbacks do. Like, you know, is Calzada and Auburn going to do anything or – you know, what about, uh, you know, Max Johnson? What about AM? You know, there could be some, uh, or Jackson Dart at Ole Miss. You know, those are a lot of unknowns. It could be good, but either way, you're going to be tested. You're going to go up against some really good quarterbacks and really good offenses, but it certainly seems like you're going to be ready, especially if Jalen Catalan's uh, feeling really good about it as well. And uh, finally, real quick, I wanted to play this clip from Bumper Pool, too, because he was asked specifically about, you know, maintaining uh, what they've been able to build from last year heading into this year and how they can improve as a team. Razorback of the day, Bumper Pool, and he is ready for your questions. We'll start right here, the third row. Tyler Shaw with KBTX and College Station. Bumper, when you look at the the leaps you guys made last year, you know, going from you know your losing seasons to you know nine wins. I guess how do you keep that sustained success? Is, is it going to be even more difficult this year? I guess you know to repeat that success. I think uh, winning in the SEC is difficult, you know, in itself. Um, but I've been a part of teams, that, like you said, that have been 2-10. and 10, And then obviously after last season, um, things completely changed. But it wasn't, you know, an overnight success. And there's a lot of work that goes into it. And you talk about repeating that success. Well, the, the work is what you know, ultimately can determine the wins and losses. And, you know, this team you know, is extremely hardworking. Um, the summers aren't easy. And we know that, you know, fall camp's coming up, and that's a grind. But Ultimately, if you go in and you work hard, then um, success will be the benefit of it. That was Bumper Pole, linebacker for Arkansas, talking about the possibility of getting better. He's like, the team is set up to to really do something special and to be great. Uh, they have the work ethic to be there. They got the uh, you know the ability to be there. It's just a matter of putting it all together. And this is something that I know Sam Pittman even brought up in that first clip he played in the previous segment, just about how hard it is to win in the SEC. We all know how hard it is, but just to get each and every win, like. I hated the way that Houston Nutt would say it, but it was kind of like legitimate where you'd go, every win is precious. It's like, yes, every win is precious. I wish you wouldn't use the word precious, but it's true. Like every win in the SEC is huge. Does not matter who it's against. I don't care if it's against Missouri or Vanderbilt or whoever. If you win in the SEC, it's huge. Like that is monstrous. Now, some wins may be weighted more than others, like Arkansas beating A&M last year, massive. Beating LSU, massive. Beating Mississippi State, massive. Like beating Missouri, massive. Like these are massive wins because it makes the difference. Like imagine last year if you would have lost to Mississippi State, the feeling you would have had after going seven and four compared to or seven and five the way you went with eight and four. There's a difference there. Like there's a major difference there. And so every win means so much more. And I think the team understands, it, and that's why I feel like this upcoming season. Uh, you're going to see a team that really understands that too and is going to go out and give it their all each and every game. 
We'll get into our final segment uh, here, and I want to talk about my predicted order of finish from the SEC West down at SEC Media Days here on the Locked on Razorbacks podcast. You are Locked on Razorbacks, your daily podcast on the Arkansas Razorbacks, part of the Locked on Podcast Network, your team every day. All right, so uh, continuing on uh, with uh, the Locked on Razorbacks podcast, I'll be brief on this one because I'm trying to make this hopefully work because I'm trying a new thing with uh, our uh, streaming service here to to hopefully get this graphic up there where it doesn't completely cut me off uh, completely. But um, I did not go to media days this year, although I, I got credentialed for going to media days. And when you go to media days, you get the opportunity to vote still on all SEC players, as well as your predictive order of a finish of everything in the SEC. Last year, I was one of the few that picked Arkansas to finish third in the SEC West. People ripped me a new one for it, but I ended up being right. They ended up finishing third. I didn't get much else right except for Bama finishing first. Bama finishing first and Arkansas finishing third were the only one other ones I got right. But uh, those were important ones especially the Arkansas element. So people have been asking, it's like, all right, so you picked that last year. What are you going to do this year? Who are you going to choose this year? Well, here is my predicted order of finish for those of you on YouTube. Hopefully this works and you can get a check uh, first uh, dibs on it as well. There you have it. I got Alabama at number one. No surprise there. I have Arkansas at number two. The Razorbacks at number two. I have Texas A&M at number three. LSU at number four. Number five, I have Ole Miss. Number six, I have Mississippi State. And number seven, I have Auburn. So there you have it. I have Arkansas finishing second in the SEC West. I believe it's going to happen. I believe that of the schedule that's set up before you, that this is going to be the year when not only Arkansas wins just as many games as they did last year in the regular season, but they win even more because to finish second in the SEC West, you need to at least, at least go 10 and two to feel good about your chances. And folks, I feel like Arkansas is going to go 10 and two this year. Now, if you want to revoke my credentials, if you want to tar and feather me, if you want to run me out on a rail, that's fine. I will take it and I will die on this hill. But I'm telling you right now, I believe, I believe that Arkansas is going to win all the games that they're supposed to, and the only ones that we all know that are going to be their toughest matchups, two of them especially, it's going to be Alabama at home, because no matter what, it's going to be hard for me to predict that they're ever going to beat Alabama until they actually beat Alabama. And the other one, to me, is Texas A&M, which happens to be early part of the season for both of those games and also happens to be back-to-back weeks. Pretty tough thing to accomplish, and that's why I feel like going one and one in those two games would be incredible. But here's the thing, folks. And I want you to think about this, and we'll end on this. Think about this. If Arkansas was able to go one and one in those games, what other team on the rest of the schedule would you be concerned about? Auburn, Mississippi State, Ole Miss, LSU, Missouri? At BYU may be pretty tough, actually. So that may be one you may be concerned about but I'm not. And then take it one step further. If you were able to pull off the unthinkable and able to win both of those games, to beat Texas A&M and to beat Alabama, 
What's stopping you? What's stopping you from going all the way and winning the SEC West and winning the SEC and playing for a national championship? What's stopping you? Just saying. I believe in Arkansas. I believe in a 10-2 and year, and I believe that they're going to finish second in the SEC West. Appreciate everybody listening in to the Locked on Razorbacks podcast. Be sure to like and subscribe to the podcast on iTunes or on Google Play. You can also get after me on Twitter, Buzz John Neighbors, for any questions, comments, concerns that you may have. We'll keep it going from there. Same podcast time, same podcast channel tomorrow afternoon. Have a great day, everybody. We'll see you then.